The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome in to a brand new episode of Rip and Rock, episode four. Cannot believe it. We're already here. We're just flying through these episodes, uh, just crunching them out, grinding them out. The quattro. The quattro. Yeah, not the ocho, like the ESPN, the ocho. Yeah, the, the ESPN yeah. eight, the ocho. No, yeah. it's the quattro. It's episode the, four for those that speak Spanish. But no, it's been fun. I mean, think about it. It's our fourth weekend to do this, and we're starting to pick it up a little bit, but you know, we're still trying to work some things out. But, Rock, what are we talking about today? Yeah, we got to fine-tune some things, of course. The rundown for today. Grayson Rodriguez sent down to AAA. A demotion for the Orioles' former top prospect. The Rangers series. The O's salvage a sweep. They had to put those brooms away. Texas did because the O's got the win in the series finale. Big wins in the Bronx for the Orioles against the team that used to refer to them kind of as a little brother. Rips tips, playing until the final out. A setback for John Means in his rehab to getting back on the field. And if that means the O's will be buyers at the deadline or not, then Jackson Holiday, he is just absolutely killing it. The O's top prospect now, tearing through the minor leagues, and he is just hitting the cover off the ball down there. But first, before we get into all of that, you got hacked on Instagram. How do we know, how do the listeners out there know that this is actually you talking and not the imposter that took control of your Instagram page today. What a what an exciting we're filming this on Sunday. What an exciting Sunday it has been for me today, Rock. Um you know there was four straight selfies. Four straight man. four straight selfies like... of a man in Turkey. I still don't really know his name. I don't either. Hold on. Let me see if I can pull it up. Keep talking. Yeah, I'll find but it. So essentially. <laughs> I'm just um, looking at it right now. That was it tough. Was That's how my day started. Sadar Sarika was the guy that popped up on my Instagram feed. <laughs> and I, I woke up and I immediately went to Instagram. You know, you do your social media run through and see what's going on. Oh. I go to Instagram and I'm like, who is this guy that keeps posting selfies on my feed? I was like, I've never seen him before in my life. So immediately... Trying to be a good reporter and just researching things, I go to photos that person was tagged in. And while he deleted every single picture, I'm sorry, because like we're laughing about this now, but that absolutely sucks. So I feel bad well, for you. Well, you man. gotta laugh at all. Yeah, but and, and he, I'm crying. I, I really yeah, crying inside, absolutely. But I look and I'm like, oh my goodness, it's Ryan. Rip got hacked. Oh. And then immediately I was like, I thought about texting you right away. 
And I don't think I did because I didn't want to be that guy after you've heard from like 17 other people, dude, you got hacked. But I probably should have right off the bat, but I think you were already on it by then. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, if I didn't get the <laughs> alert that I'm getting logged in from Turkey, I don't know what would have sent it off. But yeah, a lot of people were messaging me. And then you know the thing that got me, and this is where like I'm thankful again for everyone that reported it and, and all that, but Instagram had me do a selfie video to authenticate that it was me. <laughs> So I, if you haven't done this before, oh, it does a video and it tells you to look up, left, right, down. And then it says, we'll review and get back to you. Three straight times they said they couldn't identify that it was me. I mean, it's my picture was still on the account with everything. So I just, lesson here, people, you can never be too safe and emotional donuts are a thing. Yeah. So... Uh, I tried a brown butter donut today, have my review on there, go check it. Really wonderful, but I think it tasted even better because of the day that I've had. So, so that far. is your first post, post hack. Yeah. Wow. That's there's, awesome. There's two, I think I have, I think I have two or three photos. My mom's like, you just need to get things back out there. You look yeah. like a bot. And I go, well, mom, the guy just deleted everything and just put four selfies of himself. I, I could leave those up. But. I think, I think. Our first guest on the podcast should be this guy. We need to bring him on and find out why he took over your Instagram account. Because, I mean, that's a big deal, man. You got hacked. That's like a double-edged sword. Could mean you're famous. Could mean that, you know, just another guy and he just wanted to take your account. Yeah, I think it was another guy. I think, the thing, <laughs> I think so far what I'm realizing, and there wasn't that much value in the account from what I'm seeing, but you know what? I get it. I guess it's a hot commodity. Just glad it's all figured out. Now we get to... But you know what? Enough about my hacking, Rock. Let's just talk about some baseball. Let's get out of my personal But, but I want to keep talking about the hack, man. We do need to talk some baseball. I'm just surprised that Instagram couldn't tell it was you by, like, the piercing blue eyes that pop on the Rip and Rock graphic while my eyes are black and white, which just isn't the case at all. It's just it's just not fair. Well, you know what? The first time I actually was at a, a, a piano bar yeah. in D.C., and maybe that's where the lighting wasn't good, and I guess the eyes. Yeah, I didn't realize that the eyes on the uh, – on, our on the cover logo. photo? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You guys need to take a look at that because that is the only color in the photo, aside from the black and orange we have behind us. Your eyes are just blue. Whoever edited the photo, I mean, good on them. But it's like, that was one of the first questions my friends asked me. They're like, why are his eyes blue and your eyes are, are black and white? Because your eyes aren't black and white in real life. And I'm like, you know what? It is what it is. We're not even going to say anything. Yeah, and I mean, it's just, you, you just can't edit that. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's too glaring. It, it can't be stopped. But yeah, it was... uh for whatever reason, couldn't be identified. But you know what we can identify with now, Rock? Let's talk some baseball. Let's talk some baseball. We're done talking about the hack. It, it is a news that every professional baseball player hates to hear. That's you're getting demoted. You're getting sent down after being called up, after being with the big league club in the show. And that is what happened to Grayson Rodriguez after his latest start against the Texas Rangers. And while Grayson is only 23 years old, he hopefully has a bright future ahead, it was a really bad, unforgettable start for him. And you know he was frustrated. You could sense it. Three and a third, nine runs, eight earned. He gave up three home runs, including a grand slam to Corey Seager. And it upped his ERA in the season to 7.35. He's now 2-2 two and two on the year. So he gets a demotion to AAA. What advice would you give to Grayson because Brandon Hyde called it a reset, and that's what the Orioles are hoping. They are still very confident that this guy can come up 
and be a top-notch pitcher in the league at some point in time. I mean, and I would agree. I mean, I think with everything, when you hear demotion, especially the expectations that Grayson had, is that you you feel a little embarrassed. You feel a little bit uh, that you haven't done enough, and you feel – I'm not going to say he feels ashamed because he's going out there and giving his best effort, but the pressure. He feels probably that people are letting him down, and I know that's not the case. Like, honestly, is he really letting people down? No. It, it's a game. You're trying to figure it out. And I know he's going to be hard on himself because who isn't their worst critic, right? And he's trying to think about how can I be better. But to your point, it's been 10 starts, and he's shown you some great moments. I honestly would have been just fine with keeping him up there Mm -hmm. personally just because you got to go through the growing pains. And that happened with some guys last year. And I just want to just to point out to people, you know, other Orioles pitchers right now that have had success, Kyle Bradish, Dean Kramer, when they came up, for their starts of their careers, wasn't all, you know, roses and and sunshine and everything was working out well. They had to grind through their own issues, and then whether it was an injury where they had to reset or it just took the the, uh, maturity of figuring it out at the big league level. But Bradish last year, and he pitched, you know, we'll get into that in a little bit, pitched great today, but he did not get get off to a good start until really the end of last year was when he started to really – feel better. Uh, and Dean was the same way. If you look at their numbers, the ERA last year for Kyle, he got it down to, I think, a 4-9. But at one point in the season, he was up in the sevens for a while, in the sixes, trying to make it through. So I just want to give context. It takes time for guys. And so for Grayson, the biggest thing for him is to not lose value or hope in him because he still has everything you want in being an ace. And I think for Grayson, going down to AAA and getting reset, it's going to suck for now. This week is going to be kind of rough because you're like, I was just at the top of the mountain, the peak, where you want to be, where every baseball player wants to be. And now you're taking a step back and not necessarily regressing, but resetting like Brandon Hyde had said. And last week we talked about it in episode three. I didn't think they should send him down at that point in time. I was like, he's 23 years old. I think I don't think he's hurting this ball club right now. But to the club's point, sending him down, it has been a rocky May. He's given up six earned or more in three of his starts, three of his six starts over the course of this month. So to send him down, I don't think it hurts. I think he's going to regain his confidence, dominate a few games at the AAA level. Show this club what you're made of. Show baseball fans what you're made of. Because once you get it back... Maybe make some adjustments. When he gets back up here, you know he's going to be gunning for everyone. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think and, – and, again, I, the harder thing is when the team's playing really well, too, you want to be a part of it. You know, you want to be with those guys because this is actually the fun part is when you're going through some really exciting moments, not only for the team but the fan base, the energy. You want to be there, but you got to make sure that you get yourself correct first because that's the long term. And, and to your point – I still think I would have been fine with him staying up here. I still live by that, and the Orioles are going to have to make some decisions on who's going to fill that role for him and how's that going to look. But it is a business, and the business right now when the team is trying to win games, you can afford a little bit of slack, but if you feel like there's a trend that's a little bit worrisome, you make a decision. Whether we agree with it or not, that's their decision. And now it is for Grayson, 
We're a little bit concerned with your control. Your consistency has not been there, which we have seen in the past. And you're leaving pitches then over the plate. You're not putting guys away. And they're they're having the most damage they've ever had done to you at, at this point of your career. So let's try to readjust. Let's try to fix that. They're opting to send them back to Norfolk. Hopefully that's the right thing. But again, fans should not look at it as being that the Orioles can't develop pitching or here it is again that he's not going to pan out. Give it time. Give it time. He is still a young player. For the O's, let's dive into that series against the Rangers. While they did lose the series, they salvaged getting swept with a win on Sunday. Austin Hayes came through in a big way. Grayson did pitch that first game against the Rangers. It was a 12-2 loss. Then they go out the next day. They lose 5-3. And Dean Kramer, he didn't pitch bad by any means. Quality outing for him. Three earned. And the Orioles, they just couldn't give him any run support or any run support at all, for that matter, for, for any pitcher until later when Austin Hayes came through with a solo home run, then Mounty had a double, RBI double, and then Arias had an RBI double, and they ended up losing 5-3, but it was too little too late. Sunday, they get their bearings, they readjust, they get rid of those City Connect jerseys that they're 0-2 in, and fans are going to have nightmares about them. I, I honestly like the look of the jerseys, but when you go 0-2 in them, you, you kind of got to burn them, right? You know, we joke about it. We're, we're superstitious. They, <laughs> and they don't have wins in them, just like with bats. The same thing. If my bat wasn't having hits in it for a couple days, am I using that bat on the third day? I'm not. You can bet your bottom dollar that thing is going way back or we're doing a little bit of a ritual to try to figure out how to get that that kind of voodoo out of there. Uh, but you know what you know what the thing is, Rock? The Rangers are good. They are. They they are real good. I mean, they are a half game back of the O's. And they're a they're leading the AL West. You know, they have a lot of expectations, but they have a lot of solid players, and they really have been one of the best offenses, too, in baseball. And to your point, Dean Kramer, great job. He really did give the team a chance, but that's just how it goes. But it doesn't diminish what the Orioles have done. Just the Rangers came in and played a good series. They've got two or three games, and the Orioles are a good team. we got to get used to that. The Orioles are one of the best teams. Still think the second-best team, right? So, yep. with that being said, when the competition rises, you can't win them all. You can't win every series. But not getting swept is so important. Think about that. A three-game swing mm-hmm. instead of just losing two of three is massive in the stands. Yeah, they, they came back in those white home unis, and they came out, and they got a big win against the Rangers. And you touched on it with the Rangers being one of the best offenses in the league. Their run differential, it leads Major League Baseball at plus 123. The Rays, who are first place in all of baseball, right behind them at plus 120. And then everybody else, it's like in the 50s, man. That's how good these two teams are offensively. It's incredible. And the O's, they just avoided a sweep, and that was big. Oh, yeah. And again, and that's sometimes how it goes. And people forget, the Orioles went to Texas and, and played some good baseball there already this year. And that's what's going to happen as, as you go through the season and you play good teams. The Rangers are not one of those teams that you are expected to just go and dominate and to beat. You know, it's going to be a battle. But again, with these high-caliber teams, can you keep it going? You're going to have good season, or you're going to have good series, and you're going to have bad. You know who they had a good series against, Rock? They had a good series against the New York Yankees, another very good team. They absolutely did, man. They took two of three in the Bronx, and that is big. A team that I think their fan base, I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth, but referred to the Orioles as the little brother over the years, and that's kind of 
how I think Birdland has felt. It's like, can't beat the Yankees in big moments. Can't get the best of the Yankees. The Yankees own the Orioles. That was not the case in the Bronx. And the O's stepped up in a big way with that, taking two of three against New York at their place at Yankee Stadium. And with that, in the month of May, let me kind of rattle off these numbers to you, or, or just this stat, I guess you want to call it. In rattle general. away, yeah. Rock. The O's, the AL East, is the best division in all of baseball currently. Every single team has a winning record. That's impressive. And that is the only division in all of baseball where that's the case. The O's, in the month of May, beat every single team in that division. Maybe it wasn't the month of May, but it's it's been recent. Like They, they have went out and dominated. They beat the Red Sox. Sorry, it's been since April 26th. They got the win against the Red Sox. That's For the past month. Win. Yeah, exa- that's exactly what I wanted to say. Sorry. I'm bad with words sometimes. Of course, you know, you work in TV. Hey, you know, you're, you just have to be a sports anchor and, and, and look good for X amount of time. I, we don't need I, you to be a... a yeah, but uh, I, I struggle with that too, so... You're human. Hey, you know what? Show your human side on the pod. That's what we're all about. But it's been a month, and to your point, the Orioles have yeah, beaten a lot you, of quality you keep, opponents. You keep gassing me up. I'm going to be the next guy to hack your Instagram. Uh, <laughs> they, beat the, they beat the Red Sox April 26th. They cap off a series win against them. Then they go out May 8th. That was the start of the Rays series. They take care of business against Tampa. Then they go out and sweep Toronto. Then they beat New York. These past two series, 5-1 and one on that road trip against Toronto, against New York, and that's big, beating every single team in the division in those last four series. And I believe it's the first time in since like 2016 or 2014 that they were able to have that four-game winning streak against those four consecutive teams in the division. Oh, And it was great. I mean, and that's the thing is – there's less division games, and they matter even more. And the Yankees, especially a team that you haven't felt like you can get by, and then the first game of the series in New York, O's are on their way to winning it, and Aaron Judge, the, the O's slayer, does it again. Dude, they could have easily swept them. It, if it wasn't for, and I don't want to blame Felix Bautista for this, but that pitch he left up, and Aaron ha- Judge, it, Aaron, it, it does happen, but it was supposed to be... I believe low and outside is what Brandon Hyde talked about after the game, but he left it up right in the wheelhouse, and it was a meatball for Aaron Judge, and he pulverized that ball. Yeah, I mean, right now, unfortunately for Orioles fans, three things are certain in, in our lives. It's death, taxes, and Aaron Judge hits a homer against the Orioles. That's really what it feels like it's going to be. But to your point, it was power versus power, and Batista made a mistake, Judge made him pay. But the Orioles, and this is this was the beauty of this team right now, you fall behind – it, things are, are tough, but you find another way to crawl back. And then you put up – you mentioned ESPN 8, the Ocho, earlier this segment. <laughs> they put up an 8 spot in the 7th to take game 2, and then you take game 3 and you're going back to Baltimore having won a series in New York, and you're leaving the Yankees stunned. So I think that's the beauty of it. You faced a very difficult moment in game one. You turned it around, and these Orioles, man, they're grinding. Gunnar Henderson's big hit in that 7th inning – a time where people are wondering, is he going to come around? That, to me, was one of the grittiest things, and it shows a lot about his his build as a as a person and as a player. Coming in that situation... Talking about the two-run double? Exactly. Yeah. And, like, that, that moment huge. there, that those are those are moments that you have to go through to see what you're made of. And to do that at that, at that part of his career, and I know that he's struggling, that was a massive moment, not only for him, but to show that this ball club is capable of so many things. I mean, dude, that inning in general... That seventh, they just went for eight runs. 
that is showing the rest of baseball what this offense is really capable of when all of these guys are hitting well and doing their thing out there because eight runs in an inning on the road, hostile environment in the Bronx against the New York Yankees, that is huge. And the O's are showing the baseball world going 5-1 and one in that road trip against the Jays, against the Yankees, that they are certainly for real. And the Yankees are, are a top seven team in, in ERA pitching-wise. And the Orioles are a good offensive team. So you're showing no matter who you're facing, you are able to put up some numbers even against one of the better pitching staffs in the game. I agree, man. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Let's get into Rip's tips. And we talked about the series in New York. What you're going to talk about also happened in New York. New York baseball state championship went absolutely wrong for one team. They had the game won. And from there, they didn't have the game won. Oh, my goodness. So in upstate New York, there was a a state championship on the line. I don't think I've ever seen it. So the point is, the, the Rip's tip of the week is to play until the final out and make sure you know the rules. Make sure you know what's going on. So when this we're setting the scene, you said it perfectly. Upstate New York, two outs, drop third strike. And if you look in this video, and it's circling all around, so it's between Palmac and Hornell, drop third strike. Catcher then looks back at the umpire, and the umpire gives the safe sign, which means the ball is still in play. He's not calling the runner out. Everyone starts celebrating for the team. And what happens? The guy just keeps running around the bases. The tying run scores. Then the winning run, who should have been the drop third out, goes around the score. And it goes from one team experiencing the highest of highs, experiences the lowest of lows. So Rip's tips, always make sure you know what's going on and never assume that someone's going to make a call because it could cost you a championship, which it literally did. It really is. Rock, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. Dude, I'm watching it right now, and I've seen it a few times, and evidently a lot of people have seen it because it's got 6.2 million views. John Boy Media 
they have it on their page. I'm trying to see who actually tweeted out the original video. But, yeah, it, it's just a, a brutal way to lose a game. And you know who I feel so bad for? It's the second baseman or one of the infielders. The catcher goes to hug the pitcher, and they you know, get into the dog pile. Everyone's coming out of the dugout. And it's either the second or first baseman is like pointing. They're pointing to the plate and they're like, we got to get the ball and he can't find the ball. Imagine that, man. That's that's such a brutal, gut-wrenching way to lose a game. You do feel bad for that team, but for the other team, like heads up play, keep running around the bases and and scoring that game tying and go ahead run to win the state championship. I mean, it's something I've never seen before either. Oh, and I, now that you're saying that, that's all I'm locked into right there. He, he is. The second baseman's coming running in, asking for the ball. What are you doing? So, again, for everyone out there, make that's why you always hustle out of the box. That's why you always play it out until they call you out. And in this case, make sure someone's ruled out before you start celebrating. That is the Rip's tip of the week. I absolutely agree. And if you're the Miami Heat, make sure you box out. Oh, my goodness. We could talk about that we for could. a while. Baseball podcast, but we could talk about We could basketball. talk about that a while, but also talk about hustle, not giving up on a play. Derek White was the inbounder on that play, and he went from making space in the corner to making an unbelievable effort. Are you okay? No, I just don't like the Celtics. Yeah, I could or tell. Bo- you know, or ba- Boston teams in general. I'm just yeah. not a fan. I-, I was pulling for the heat, but I-, I do appreciate moments of not giving up. That could be another rips tip. One of my Boy. good buddies is a Boston fan, and he's just unbearable. It's oh. like you ever see the the little kid. It's like with that with that stupid sign, and it's like I'm 12 years old, and I've been to 17 championship parades. Hate it. That my distaste for Boston sports starts with that right there because it's like you get this joy, you get to see your teams win, you get championships and parades. I don't get that. I just don't get that. If anyone could see Rock's face right now, he's not bitter at all. And he's kind of twitching a little bit. But you know what? I, I can relate on the same way. It's, oh, you know what? Let's move on before we, we you get me going on this topic. Yeah, we don't want to rattle off too much Boston hate uh, right now. But John Means, he's doing his best to get back on the field for the Orioles. And, and when he pitches, this guy can be really, really, really good for this ball club. And he's proven that in the past. The problem is Means is 30 years old now. He had elbow ligament Tommy John surgery in April of 2022. He's hoping to get back in July. That's not going to be the case. Mike Elias said that pregame a few days ago because he suffered a strained muscle in his back. So that's just a tough, tough situation because you're rehabbing, you're trying your best to get back on the field. You've already been injured, and then another injury not even related to your elbow, it comes along, and, and that affects a pitcher big time. I mean, the back, you're using your in, entire back to throw the ball, basically. Oh, yeah, and especially when you've had that much time off then as far as not being on the mound and you have something else. And sometimes you can do everything right and just something doesn't feel right, or sometimes you can overcompensate without really knowing it. And this is just the unfortunate circumstance for John Means. It's been a long road back for him. But again, I'd, I'd rather that hear that this is with his back than anything with his arm. You know, that's, that's the scary thing of having the setbacks. It just means it's going to be pushed back. But when John Means is healthy, 
And that's the most important thing, getting means healthy. Because this starting pitching staff overall, I know we talked about Grayson, they've really done some great things. And John Means, when he's healthy, has proven he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. So Orioles fans, we're going to have to wait a little bit longer. But it's not the news they want. But again, it's not it's not the worst case scenario right now for Means. It's just it's a little it's just an extra bump in the road on his recovery. Rip, does this make so with Grayson being demoted, with John Means suffering a setback, starting rotation, there's going to be questions as far as that goes going forward. Mike Elias did say that the Orioles will in fact be buyers at the deadline. Like they're going to look to bring someone in. I don't know if it's pitching wise, you would imagine it would have to be a big a big name starting pitcher or maybe not a big name starting pitcher, but someone who could help this ball club. Starting pitching just looking around the team, infield, outfield, do you believe that they should be buyers at the deadline? I know it's we got a little bit of time, but yeah, but since, coming up, man. But but relevancy. Since Elias talked about it, why shouldn't we talk about exactly. it? But, you know, essentially, we have to strike while the iron's hot. Exactly. So for Grayson getting sent down, it's going to have more. It's going to start more conversations. And again, you can't assume that everyone's going to stay healthy the whole time. Knocking on wood, it's just it's hard to do, right? And so for Grayson's development, if he's up there, you think he'd be a part of the the, the group. But if this team is still firing on on most cylinders and they're one of the top teams in baseball you would think a priority is now going to get a good arm when you have an idea of what it's what your team's looking like and shaping up to be now the question is who are you willing to give up who is going to be in that package because a lot of times people were talking about Austin Hayes you know as far as an outfielder honestly with what you have up there do you want to mess with any of your core guys Personally, I wouldn't, and this is where this talent pool that's in the minor leagues, and there's a lot of talented prospects, I think Mike Elias and his front office are going to have some serious questions of who is going to be packaged in there and what they are going to do. Are those guys going to you know, move up to the big leagues and replace a possible Jorge Mateo in this situation? Is Mateo possibly on the move for things, but he's had his struggles? Or are you saying that teams are going to value some of your younger guys like Westberg or Ortiz and they make you a deal that you can't refuse? Yeah, Westberg, he's a number three prospect in all of baseball. Or, sorry, in the Orioles organization, not mm-hmm. all of baseball. I'm looking at the Orioles list, not MLB pipelines overall. Westberg, I mean, he's, he's, very, he's with the Tides right now and he's having a very, very good season in the minor leagues. Batting 311. 13 homers, 44 RBIs, four stolen bases. I mean, the guy can do it all. And I remember watching him at Mississippi State because when he played, he was playing with a kid that I covered in Huntsville, Justin Foscue, who was the second baseman at the time. I believe Westberg was the, was the shortstop. Mm-hmm. So they had that, that you know tandem, and they both got drafted the same year. I was at Foscue's draft party when he got drafted by the Rangers, Oddly enough, we're talking about him right now. So he's making his way up their, their rankings. But Westberg was like a guy that I that I watched, and I'm like, wow, like this this dude can really do it all. And not knowing that I was coming to Baltimore, but I really liked his game at the time. So talked about Westberg, number three prospect in the O's organization. Mateo, he's shown that he can be good. I'm not saying he's not, but he has really struggled in the month of May. Like it's it's been bad. But in April, this is the same guy that hit 333, five doubles. 
how many stolen bases did he have? Eight stolen bases, and then in May, now it's just a very significant drop-off. He's batting 120 this month, and it's just 23 for, se- or, uh, sorry, 9 for 75. Mm-hmm. Getting mixed up with my stats right here. I'm looking at games, but 9 for 75, and that's just a number that jumps out, and you're like, is he going to get it together? What's going to happen? His quickness, his glove, it's there. His bat, he's shown flashes of how good it can be, but right now it's very inconsistent. Yeah, I mean, and that's it was always a talking point of where would Mateo fit. And when you look at him and everyone after the first month, you go, man, look at that talent. And, and again, he is talented. No question about his talents. But it's the consistency in the game that keeps people around and keeps you at the top of the game. You know, a lot of people after one month were ready to say that Mateo is the best shortstop. And that's hard to say when you've only had that success. And you've seen those moments. You saw the moments later in the summer last year where he had some good months, but he had some really tough months, especially the first half of last season. Same thing's kind of happening now, but this is where it gets interesting. And and I've always wondered, is he going to be the long-term solution for you, or are you looking to try to move him eventually? And right now, he does bring so much stability at defense, and that's the first most important thing. But then what do you do with guys like Westberg? What do you do with guys like Joey Ortiz that might not be, in your minds, fully refined enough to play that shortstop position but could help the ball club? So that's going to be a conversation the Orioles are going to have to have because I just don't see, Rock, a situation where Mateo, Westberg, Ortiz are all staying if the Orioles go for a big prospect. And while the rebuild is technically over, a lot of these guys aren't going to be here post-rebuild because of the talent they have in the farm system. Could Mateo be one of those guys? Could Mateo fit in with these guys? I mean, he is very talented and so fast, but he is struggling right now. Yeah, he can change the game in so many ways. And that's why I always say you got to give the benefit of the doubt. But I think when people looked at that perception of, and this is since we're talking about Elias, you know, the Orioles have some prospects, and we're Jackson Holiday is another example of a guy that is on his way up. So you're trying to figure out with all these guys, what are you going to do? And in my mind, I really can't figure out. In the beginning, this is where my prediction rock, and we'll move on. I don't think the Orioles are going to move some of their big names in the big leagues as much, per se. But I, do, I don't see the combination if we're looking at Westberg, Ortiz, and Mateo. I don't see all three. If the Orioles are making a big move, I don't see all three staying with the team. No, that's just tough. And it's, I mean, that's realistic. It's a business. It's just how baseball works. You talked about Jackson Holiday, and you got a front row seat to him. You get to watch him play in Aberdeen. Thanks yes, for the I invite, did. by the way. You got to call a game. Well, okay. Appreciate you looking out for your co-host, well, man. So, Thanks. Yeah. So what were you going to do? Sit right behind me in the booth? Maybe like take some pictures, like social media content. I don't know. Maybe okay. watch Jackson Holiday myself. I wouldn't have bothered you. Okay. Well, you know what? Next time, I'll give you the invite. We'll let you get a front row seat. I'll carry your bags if I have to. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Yeah. Give yeah. you a spread. Give yeah. you a spread of food. That'll yeah, make I mean, you happy. Listen, you feed me. I'm good to go. Perfect. We yeah. can do that. Uh, uh, the, the play-by-play guy there, Michael, uh, brought or just reached out to me and said, you want to do this? And I said, Absolutely. Awesome. It was the first time I got to do color commentary in the booth at all. It was great. But the bigger thing, to your point, I got to see Jackson Holiday for the first time. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about this before starting this episode. You know, I think one of the biggest compliments you can have for a player 
is when you look around and you, you can go, you know what, he belongs. But when you look at Jackson Holiday, I immediately said, oh, without a doubt he belongs, but it's it's he belongs and you can just feel it with him. You can feel something different. And he didn't have a you know crazy game by any means. He actually had an error. I think he was one for fourth and error and struck out with the bases loaded down three. I thought it was going to be in that moment Jackson was going to hit a granny and be like, oh, my gosh, it's like the prophecies coming true <laughs> in my first game uh, calling. But, but what I loved about him was his, his makeup, his character. He showed his strong arm from the shortstop position. He beat out – a infield single where the pitcher couldn't get over and you saw quick, the man. wheels. He's fast and he's got pop. So, I mean, I really got to see why and even not in his biggest game. I love the fact that he didn't have the big game because even in the game where it was quote-unquote just pedestrian, just the same or nothing special, he showed to me even just how special he really can be. Yeah, and Ramona Rios was there at the time that you called the game during that rehab assignment uh, when he was dealing with that, that hamstring issue. And he said Jake Rill, who is the Orioles beat writer for MLB.com, he put out an article with, with quotes from Arias talking about Holiday, and Arias said he's nasty. He looks pretty advanced. I couldn't believe he was only 19 years old. He's really good with pretty good instincts, and he's raking right now. That's high praise from a guy who just won a gold glove last year. Oh, yeah. I mean, also got to see Ramon, my former teammate. Hammy looked good. He beat out an infield single himself, and that's when I knew he was good. But anyway... When you see it from guys that are in the big leagues that that are understanding what it is, and again, like to to really comprehend that he's only 19 and and what he's able to do, the maturity level for players is one of the hardest things when you're young, and especially with all the expectations that Jackson has to deal with. And we talked about this in the past. Just the way he carries himself, it just is so impressive. Take out the physical tools, and I think that's what was so impressive for me with him. I couldn't tell when he did something wrong. I didn't see him rattled. And when things went well, I saw the same thing. I saw the same player. And I think that is one of the things that, for young players, it's the hardest thing to do. And he has really handled the adversity and the challenges of professional baseball. He's exceeded all of the expectations and challenges he's he's met so far. Real quick, how cool was it to call a game with with your name, your last name on the stadium? That that had to be a kind of surreal moment for you. Were uh, you like introducing yourself to everyone? Like, hey, you see that name up there? Like, that's that's my last name. Nope. Were you, were you that guy? Nope. Were you like, hi, I'm Ryan Ripkin. Nice to meet me. Nope. <laughs> Never. <laughs> you see the office? He goes, I'm Prison Mike. Nice mm -hmm. to meet me. I'm, you know what? what? But that's you know what? It's interesting. <laughs> no, I'm just messing. I, uh, but it's got to be cool for you, man. Like to be able to do something like that. I mean, that's sick. You oh yeah. That, you know, you know, there, you, you know, what's funny. Everyone's like, Oh, because your family's involved. Like they just, that was your way to get in. I'm like, actually, no, I said, Michael was their play-by-play -play guy. He reached out to me and that was how it started. And then when I'm looking up there and I look up and I'm like, Oh my goodness, that name just looks massive in, <laughs> on the scoreboard i'm like has that really been that big there for that long Dude, when i drive by it on the highway i see it every time i'm I, like tempted i don't want to like take a picture and drive but i'm tempted to send you something every time i do like hey man just uh yeah you just give it a wave. yeah just i just wave i say I, hi ryan i do that every time yeah. i drive by yeah. i'm like you yeah, know hey how's it going and, but i will say you know i i got to see that whole construction of that place yeah so i kept the scorecard and, and all my notes that i had from the game and it was cool. I will say that the first time that it, it comes at a place that I had so much familiarity, yep. take out the name part of it. It's just I got to see that ballpark be built. Mm -hmm. I got to be around when the team started. And then just to, if this is something I continue with, 
to go back and be like, I actually did my first game here will be pretty cool. And I got to see, hopefully, uh, what I believe Jackson Holiday being a former All-Star and, and, and seeing him the first time there, too. Just a lot of good moments. Um, and I got to see some people I hadn't seen in a while. So Dude, that was... That's that's what makes it that much better, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. I even got to see one of my... Form, uh, you know, a funny last a little tidbit. Our infield coordinator for the, the Orioles, actually, was in town. Hadn't seen him in a while, and I could see him from the booth. <laughs> so I shot him a message... But I could see your bright orange shoes from a mile away. Um, so I uh, shout out DJ, uh, awesome guy. But he gave me a call right after. He goes, "Where are you?" And he came right. <laughs> Where are you? It's and I go, "I'm everywhere, man." But so, but anyway, um, it's just really cool, and it's a moment that I won't forget. And, and next time, I'm sorry, I will bring you up there. And if anyone wants to talk about other Orioles prospects, I'd be glad. I'm trying to get more of the lowdown with those guys. Last thing, Rip, we didn't really mention this in the rundown, but before we go, the O's, they're looking ahead now. They're continuing to want to build off of their success and a big win over the Rangers. They have the Guardians coming into town for a three-game series, another homestand for them. What do you want to see from this team? And you talked about it on Sports Unlimited. You could say word for word exactly what you said there. But what would you like to see from this team going forward in this series against Cleveland? Well, I know everyone's going to watch Sports Unlimited. Oh, yeah. So, obviously. So, why would I even say this? But Your boy Wells is on the mound for the first game. Let's go. Uh, Honestly, same thing. There's really nothing to overanalyze. It's just continue doing what you're doing. I think so much that we want to have all these different answers. No, just you move on. It's it's one series. You don't win all the series. If you're a good team, you bounce back quickly. And, and the Orioles are a good team. I think they're going to do that. You know, with the Guardians coming to town, that's all I got with it. It's not rocket science. We don't have to try to dissect anything. It's just keep doing what has made you guys so successful so far this season. Three game series at home against the Guardians. Then they go to San Francisco, the Bay Area. I was just there within the month. Um, and I saw that stadium. It's beautiful oh, I love to, see that the, stadium. to see that to play the Giants. So maybe some uh, some splash homers, maybe an Adley splash homer we'll get. Maybe Gunnar Henderson have a big make a splash in the Bay McCovey Cove. The West Coast Gunner comes back just a different guy from the West Coast as well. You know what though? Giants are playing some better baseball right now. They just got over 500, and now they're sitting four and a half, and they're actually a better home team than away, just like most teams. So it's going to be – it's and those road trips, I'm telling you, when you travel longer, it does a little bit more on your body. But the Giants Stadium, to me, if you haven't been, that's one of the coolest stadiums to go to Oh, it's by far. It is. I was so blown away, and I just wanted to go to a game there. So O's fans, if you get out there, do all the touristy stuff that you can if you haven't been out to the Bay Area. Uh, go to Buena Vista, this place. Best Irish coffee – I don't know if we're allowed to talk about like, Oh, yeah, we are. Irish coffee. All right, Absolutely. yeah, best Irish coffee I've ever had. And – I looked it up. I think it was like origin, not originated there, but like when it came over to the the U.S., that was one of the first places they did it. They line up all these glasses, and they just this guy Joe, who's the bartender there, he was just pouring them, pouring them across, and it was a really cool thing. So go do that. Go have fun. Do all the touristy stuff, you know, like I did, and enjoy your time if you're going out there uh, to catch a game on the road. That'll do it for episode four of Rip and Rock. You guys can follow us on Twitter at Ryan Ripkin, at Rocco DeSangro. Ryan's Instagram's back, so you can follow him on Instagram. I'm never going to let him hear the end of that because it's, I mean, it's just, 
it's so comical. It's sad that a guy had to come in and do that, but like it is comical that it happened. If you don't see pictures of me, (laughs) it's not me. Let's just leave it at that. I I may or may not this week post a picture of that guy so people could see who took your account and and just tag me and what it was exactly because this is my friend Ryan. Here you go. So thank you guys again for tuning in for a brand new episode of Rip and Rock. Uh, You can download on Apple, Spotify. Wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a review, subscribe, let us know how we're doing because without your feedback, this podcast cannot get any better. Episodes drop every Monday. We'll see you next week.